I was going to wait till it fades out, but because I got told off by Nichols last week, but I couldn't be bothered. It was getting too long. So, no. a bit later than expected. <laughs> I thought it was on its way out completely, which I was going to cheer. Hooray! <laughs> so, another Multi Travel podcast. This is episode 33. I say we're a little bit late, which we might get to in a minute. Um, but uh, anyway, we're here now. So, we're going to crack on. We're going to continue with our A to Z of pubs and pub crawls. And if you remember those that listened last time, we pulled out of the magic sack at the end the letters H, O, and V. So they're the ones that we are going to uh, tackle this evening. Sorry, I've got some cackling women downstairs. They were off to a wedding on Thursday night, which is a very strange thing. It must have been a hell of a discount, and it's in leak. So um, well, I better, better stop there. Uh, just while we're on the start bit here, there's a little other for those on the YouTube. Um, there is a new podcast I... I uh, I've come across, it's not new actually, um, I'm still a bit on the fence because John, it's John Robbins and Ellis, uh, whatever he's called, who are on Radio 5 and I must admit I don't particularly like their, their show on the weekend when they do it but they've started doing a Moon Underwater podcast. It's on a Friday. It's on a Friday, yeah. They're, the Friday they're afternoon. doing Friday yeah. afternoon. Uh, Ellis Johns, isn't it? Ellis and Johns. So they've been doing a Moon Underwater podcast where every week they, they get a, a guest to come in um, and they as we did back in episode two, um, they they think about their perfect pub. So it, it's worth listening because it's on a theme. Um, it, I, it's kind of growing on me. There's some, uh, Adrian Charles was really, really good when he did his, he did a really good one. And there's one or two of those that have been really, really good. So worth a listen, maybe, if you're into, into pub podcasts. So the plan this week is, I say, we're going to do the letters H, O, and V. But good evening, gents. Are we okay? Hello. Eventually I found an internet signal around the house. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and we've got to blame Bruce because Bruce, we were already on Sunday to our normal recorder there. We got a fantastic message of Bruce saying uh, he's taking his good lady, lady wife out and the kids out for a Mother's Day meal, but they'd got to the Rose and Crown and found that they'd been bookings before and all turned up late, Bruce, and therefore you were stuck a bit, weren't you? So the way it was mad, yeah, because the A64 had been a crash on, there was roadworks in town, so it was nobody's fault really. People were arriving late, yeah. um, we were just miles behind. Took forever we got home. So yeah, I hate Mother's Day. We should just wait until a week later. <laughs> I must admit, we we went we went out on Saturday because daughter was in between shifts at the airport. So we went to quite a nice pub actually. I've never been there before. A place called Rollerstunt on Dove, 
which is just down the road from Burton on Trent. Uh, a very lovely little village, quite old pub that dates back to the 16th century. Uh, the, uh, the spread eagle. It was quite nice. It was a vintage in, so I managed to use my M and B shareholder. Um, so it was a, yeah. it was quite a nice quite a nice afternoon actually. And beer actually was quite good. I was on the uh, Dark Star Hophead, which I, you only see occasionally, but it's quite a nice beer. They had three other three others on as well, including Landlord, which is almost becoming a bit like the new doom bar i've got to say certainly in the midlands it's uh, it's quite there um so so I, that's why i we're took my mother to other spoons in north Allerton. yeah white hat <laughs> lovely plenty of space in there bruce was disgusted at that bruce was disgusted yeah. at that one she loved it enjoyed it gobbled okay. it down now yeah. bruce has sent me a, a news clip i haven't got through it in detail because we obviously i've got the news that we had for sunday really but i know you sent me one bruce where um uh mr martin is, is on about let me turn Buckingham Palace into a, into a weather spoon. Losing the Queen's Yeah, I mean, say he's clear egotistical into your really, you know. <laughs> that article, you know, he refers to himself as the third person, which is always the first sign of a nutcase, yeah. isn't it? You know, yeah. yeah. Start referring himself to the third person, things are going south. Out. Save taxpayer a hell of a lot of money though if he took it Buckingham Palace over. Absolutely, yeah. Queen loved all those sticky carpets and uh, doggy had copies of his <laughs> magazine every time she for a poo to read. Yeah. Anyway, just, we, they've, seeing... just take, they've just taken on whole whole university, you know, their, their campus bar. Oh, really? Yeah. Because you, you'd sent me one, I think they're closing a, a pub as well, aren't they? I know we mentioned that what, where I work in St. Helens, they've closed, there's two spoons and they've closed one. And I know, I can't remember where you, that link you sent me, but they're closing. There's one in Berry and one in Croydon today, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you kind of think as beer prices go up, more people go to Weatherspoons. It's a bit weird, really, isn't it? Unless he's this whole place where he's got two and he's maybe trying to consolidate everybody into one to drive his costs down. And, and again, I think there might still be staff because I still the pubs I'm going to, this, every pub's got signs up saying we still need yeah, staff. Yeah. So Absolutely. now I'm going to come back to Weatherspoons because again, in another um, podcast I listened to, I've been, I must have had a nice easy week at work this week. No, I've been driving up. Actually, no, I haven't I've been at work every day though. I've had to uh, be listening to a lot of podcasts on the motorway. Um, the another one where they talked a little bit about Weatherspoons and the cheap beer. So I might come back to that in a minute. So it looks like then Nick's still having his tea. So I'm, I'm not quite sure he's got a beer with him tonight. Hey, look at this. This is great for a prank. Don't know if you can quite see the colour of it. But it looks like meths. <laughs> look at look at bottom of that glass. It's like a purplicle. It just looks like a glass of meths. What's you could that? have a great you could have a great prank. Um, local herons got old Jamaica grape soda or offer at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but I've looked at the ingredients. There's actually no grapes in it whatsoever. Yeah, and as right. I say, it's like this bluey purple colour. <laughs> and it, I say it just looks like you're drinking meth. So I might <laughs> sit around outside on a street corner somewhere, supping out of a plastic bottle, and then people <laughs> don't <laughs> donate me money. There's probably no point asking Bruce if he's got a beer in the glass yet. Well, he's I was going to open, but I say I've heard him in Ben's bedroom to get a chair's bell looking for an internet signal. So he's got a little booster by his uh, skybox here. So oh, it's right. yeah, it's bloody yeah, skybox. Yeah. I'm going to the pub later, though. Uh, with all the haste, I forgot to ring uh, ring my friend. I shall put myself on mute and do that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I'll have, I'll have a beer for both of us then. I'm back on my Thornbridge box, and I'm having, I'm having a pigeon fancier. Which is what yet another collab Ooh. they did with the Big Smoke Brewery, which are a brewery down in London. And in fact, I'll I'll come back in a minute. I went, I sat through the tastings uh, actually this time last week. Um, when Thornbridge do their monthly box the, the Thursday after, they do like a tasting night. And so a little bit of information about the Big Smoke Brewery, which are quite interesting. So I'm going to crack that. It's an IPA. It's a bit strong. It's six percent, but 
I break up an Ollie tomorrow, so I'm going to have a couple of beers tonight. So there we go. So, beery highlights. Bruce is on the phone. So, just let me, I'll skip Bruce's bit and we'll top Nick. Because, Nick, you were in the lakes last weekend, weren't you? Is that a quick, quick soiree? Yeah, I went, went across to the lakes on Saturday, made a long day of it. So, very busy. Uh, really was busy. But we managed to get into what? One, two, three, three, four pubs. Well, three in the lakes and then one dropped back in on Skipton on the way home. There's something to eat. You can guess where we end for something to eat. You have, you obviously got the, the great weather uh, last weekend. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I mean, that's obviously one reason why it was busy. I've never seen the uh, the boat, the queue for the boats in Bowness. Yeah. Uh, and the boats were, like, completely booked. Uh, it was mass, just a mass of people. So it, uh, it looks like you got to Stavely, went to the Hawkshead Brewery Tap. By no, we did We did the other oh, way, right. actually. We went up, up the A1, across the A66 to Penrith, and then carried on to Keswick. So my first beer was, uh, did I have a beer in Keswick? No, I don't think I did. No, I didn't have a beer in, I had a, had a pie in Keswick, had a, uh, had a nice pork pie from Thomason's uh, Butchers, uh, Cracking Butchers, that one is. So yeah, pork pie, overlooking Derwent Wentwater. And then we stopped off at Rydal. Now, previous podcasts, uh, people have heard me talk about Rydal, Rydal Water. It's a great walk. It's about, takes about 15 minutes to right the way around the lake pack uh, on one side of the lake and then on the homeward stretch as you're coming around the top of the lake, stopped off at the Glenrothy Hotel and the uh, Badger Bar. So they always have a uh, decent real ale on in there. So this time I was on the uh, Cross Bay Brewing, the uh, brewery in Morecambe, and I was on their Sunset, their Blonde. Uh, so that was a, a nice pint to start off with and then finished the walk off. And then we dropped into, dropped into Bonness. And went to Robinson's pub, uh, talked about it before, dropped into the Albert. My, we could only find parking for an hour. So rather than have some to eat in there, we, uh, I just had a quite, uh, what did they have? Pint of Dizzy Blonde in there. And then, yeah, dropped into the Hawkshead Brewery. And that was, uh, that was very busy on the outside with the nice weather. Everybody was sat outside, but um, we managed to get a table inside. So I had a couple of beers in there. I did send you some pickies. Um, so started on there. They had an IPI on, which was a New Zealand uh, pale ale. And then uh, I went a bit crafty. I went onto the mosaic out of the. Uh, I think that's the a weird picture you've got on the screen there, where you're looking at a very almost like a back one of those banked up pints. But I'll come. Yeah, back to I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't see myself. So I don't know if you have right. that up or not. Like yeah, but, I've got uh, them on there. Yeah, they're right. Yeah, left. Yeah, right. got le- the left one. Left picture is you in the Hawkshead tap. There's the middle one as you park by by the. By the by the, the lake, and then I right. presume we well, sat outside at um, Badger Bar. Other. Very nice, yeah. The yeah. only the only problem with the Badger Bar is is, is obviously that road that runs quite from um, Ambleside up to Keswick. It, it's yeah. quite a busy road, and but it, it was nice just out of the front there. And uh, and did you say, visit the uh, did you visit back. the uh, the toilets in the, in the Badger Bar and the uh, not this rock, time, no. The rock face, oh, no, because I say I, I only had a pint, and we were we were half well two thirds of the way through the walk, so. From there, just walked back to the car park and then, as I say, dropped into, uh, drove through Ambleside. It was too busy to stop anywhere there uh, and dropped into Bonus. Okay. And in terms of Bruce, Bruce, you mentioned to us last time that you were spending a, a week working in Selby. So I know you sent me a couple of bits and pieces about Selby. So including some very famous sausage curry, apparently, which again, for those on YouTube, it is on the on the screen right now. Yeah, so Sausage Cruise has got a bit infamous history in Selby. There was a small chain of, um, they had two shops. It was like a takeaway food shop and a famous chicken shop owned by the Buckles family. 
and they were infamous because uh, the day before all the uh, meats from the carry meat and the bacon and the sausages they'd be put into this uh, gluttonous red curry sauce and then cooked into a curry for the following day. So Booker's eventually closed down. So the lady on the Flaxby Road, Flaxby Road row of shops had lots of people asking for it, uh, particularly for the curry. So she started, she resurrected the curry out of homage to Buckles. And there it is. Uh, she sells out every day, believe it or not. Um, I have to say, I sent to a lot of people on WhatsApp. I never had a, 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 a people reply to stuff like it, really. Uh, it's just what it is. It's uh, sausages, a bit, lots of sausages, bits of yesterday's meat, cooked up uh, and put on a big pile of chips. It looks pretty grim, I have to say, but it tastes really good. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, uh, but that aside, yes, it was quite nice. See the uh, all the pubs were opening Selby, um, uh, and the cricket is arms of Sam Smith's pubs that had uh, was used to be famous for its food. I worked there 17 years ago for a few months, uh, and um, we were got endless lunch times. Uh, they had a hot food counter on there, and all the food was home cut. The great pies and chorizo roast potatoes, and joints, and things like that. You would just come out and get a seat. I never got to eat in there and been there, but been there about four or five months. Um, and then, of course, they stopped doing the food and all the trade dropped away. Um, but I thought it'd be closed, like so many pubs are around here. But actually, it was open. It's had a bit of a um, uh, restoration job uh, outside and in, uh, put some stained glass above the bar, really pushing the bottle beers there, which um, <laughs> for those people who know Selby, seems it's a really strange destination to push the bottle beer range, but they were. Uh, and it was really nice in there now. Uh, we could see it open. And then, of course, uh, the best uh, railway destination Selby is the doghouse just down from the station around the corner from the uh, abbey there. Uh, interesting, the doghouse, it's spread over two floors. Uh, quite dark, that was straight downstairs. Uh, about six um, uh, rail oil pumps, and then loads of uh, keg and craft beers, uh, lots of the uh, Thornbridge stuff on in there as well. And upstairs, a bit bright for me was Decker upstairs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, unlike anywhere else in Selby, um, quite reasonably priced. The beer, I'd say, was incredibly well kept. Um, I was drinking um, the EP in there. Uh, yeah, so if you do go there, walk down the station. So I didn't actually go in the um, uh, giant bell flower because uh, mm. uh, working where I work in Selby probably not the best destination to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I think so. the, the other one they mentioned in Selby, and we think we I think we did it back in episode five. Looking a good bigger is the Crescent, which I think is that near the doghouse number one, the Crescent, which is a bit yes. of a micro bar, isn't it? It is down now. Oh, no, sorry, it's just one of the oldest pubs in town and close to Selby Abbey, and that was owned by Old Mill, which I know you're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, now the Crescent that must be the, that must be on the. Right, and um, do the side there beyond the road, yeah. Yeah, because I got uh, a couple of times I still hit there. I want to come look it out, so I should look in there, really. But yeah, yeah, it's Selby's uh, obviously been a place that was decimated, and all the pits closed down. Uh, it's Abbey's, it's very much its saving grace, but it ticks along. It's got a uh, uh, still got a department store there, uh, but definitely the town still uh, still in tran transition, I think it's fair to say, really. Selby, very good, like, and then. Again, if you've been following my uh, Twitter or the, our Twitter account, you'll see that I was in, I think I mentioned again, I was in London. Again, it was a fantastic day. I was in London. I was speaking at a conference thing and uh, finished a little bit early, had a couple of hours to kill. So I was, uh, we were out at kind of, uh, we're actually on Whitechapel. And in fact, there was a, 
there was a pub there called the old White Hart that said it was a 15th century, which fortunately it was closed as I came out of the place I was yeah. to get on the tube. But I thought, well, I'm rather than getting the tube and go all the way back to Houston, I'll, I'll get off. And I walked in. So I mentioned that I'd, I'd never ever been the parcel yard. I know you guys have. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I went into went into King's Cross, took a bit of finding, I want to say. Uh, eventually found it kind of yeah. round the corner, yeah. um, went upstairs. It was pretty quiet, actually. We, again, I've got pictures there. Very strange looking. You just look for the uh, Harry Potter idiots who are all Yeah, that was right. Yeah, because the Harry Potter thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I went up there. Um, they had quite a nice range of beers on. Um, again, a new one that I'd not come across was Fuller's Oliver's Island, which is a golden ale. So I had a pint of that. Um, it was a bit, it was quite a nice day. So rather than kind of sit, it's, it's a bit dark and not dangerous, wrong word. It's a bit dark inside. So I managed to sit again for those above the toilet sign for those that are looking on YouTube and, and had a nice pint there. So that was quite nice. Uh, then I don't know, it, I, uh, maybe didn't quite live up to my expectations. I know you, you two have said it's uh, not a bad place. Um, it's just quite, it's big, isn't it? It's, I mean, I guess hmm. I was there on a quiet, whatever it was, Wednesday afternoon. So about three o'clock. So it wasn't particularly busy. It's just dandy for its location when you're, yeah, when you're yeah. catching the train at King's Cross. I did read actually. I did read. Um, I don't know. I was. I was just a bit of you know reading about it. And I think a couple of times recently, it's actually run out of beer. They've had no no. Wow. It's been that busy. They've run out. Run out of cast beer. I think that maybe was kind of pandemic. Um, and in the end, they were just flogging out lots of bottles. Or it was a good ploy to flog a load of bottles that they had maybe in in stock <laughs> that were in running short. Um, now again, Bruce, you you put us onto this because again, you remember last time. You shared, um, I think it was the Londoners or the Londonist yeah. had shared kind of where to drink in each station. So obviously next to King's Cross is St. Pancras. So I thought, you know what, while I'm here, um, I know there's a weather, I think Nick, you mentioned there's a spoon on St. Pancras, but I thought, tell you what, I'm going to try that Betjeman Arms, which you'd mentioned. I never, I'd never seen that before. Uh, again, is a little bit, I wouldn't say it's hard to find. If you go in the station, you won't see it. So you've got to come out of the station because, um, St. Pangas kind of is downstairs. You kind of, yeah. it's all like you walk under the tracks, don't you, kind of thing. And again, unbelievable amount of shops and cafes and restaurants. It's just bonkers, it's like isn't it? Masons, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So if you come out, I thought, if you come out and you go up to where the hotel is, where that fant- where the old kind of entrance to the um, the railway was, in the right corner, um, opposite side from where the hotel is, is the Betching Arms. And yeah, what a fantastic little place. Um, very much in keeping. I, I think my photos don't really do it justice for those on YouTube. The bottom left is the front of the, if you like, the hotel um, placade. You come up from the station on those steps on the on the right hand side there. Well, the Renaissance Hotel. Yeah, that's yeah. on the other side. Yeah. Um, the picture at the top left on the screen that's the that's the station side, yeah. and again the middle picture is that view of the that is the um, international. You know the the what was it, Eurostar terminal bit there. So it actually, the, the pub itself, you, you can walk straight through and come out on the station side as well. So all lots of red leather, lots of red leather banquets. Oh, nice. um, and apparently it's a Young's pub, although it's it's Geronimo Wins that run it, but actually they're a sub of, of uh, Young's. So actually yeah. I had a, I had a, I had a uh, Young's, a very nice Young's beer. It was very nice. Um, apparently it was opened in 2014, which again is quite a while ago. Had a, me- a major refurb in 2018. It's named Betjamin because obviously the poet Betjamin, John Betjamin, was such a massive campaigner to save St. Pancras when when they kind of, you know, bloody 
created the horrible King's King's Cross as it now is. And in fact, they stripped some of the old crap away, haven't they? No, no, the new crap. It actually looks quite nice now, King's Cross, have its second refurb. Oh, yeah, yeah. But when they were blowing it all up in the 19, what it was, 50s, I guess, he was a big thing saying, you know, you've got to keep that, that red brick facade. So that's why they've named it. They do have a house beer, which is brewed by Sharps, which by all accounts is simply Cornish Coaster rebridged as the Betjamin's Ale. So I didn't, I didn't actually see that on offer, so I went for the Youngs. But definitely worth, I know you guys said you hadn't been in there, definitely yeah, worth going in. It's quite posh. It's quite posh inside. There's yeah. a lot, not many people drinking. They're merely having a glass of wine and something to eat and a really good menu. But definitely, and again, if the, if the weather's nice, there's, there are some nice seats outside. It's, and it's quite quiet because that kind of bit of pancreas is kind of pushed back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, much so as I walked out, bloody Jason but- Jensen Button was there. Um, doing some kind of car thing um, TV were there there was a very posh Morgan and a very posh Rolls Royce and I don't know what's something to do with the, obviously the Formula 1 started hasn't it yeah. so as I so there's a Renaissance Hotel there behind Jensen but that's on the other side of that, that pulling really and then ended up at my normal ha- ha- haunt which is the Euston Tap um, and as you can see by the pictures it was a fantastic and it's really lovely they got all the seats outside because sometimes it's a bit hard there to get a seat they have some permanent seating on the left-hand side with a bit of cover, but actually, they just as you can see on the they just put loads of seats out all around that area there, yeah. and it was fantastic. So sat there, and again, as I tweeted, I had a very nice pint of uh, Redemption Trinity, which cost me the grand price of four pounds, which I think is pretty good for central London. And again, I did do it. hasn't quite come out so well the beer board, but they got an Adams on, they got tailored landlord on, and that was only four forty a pint. Um, the normal, just thousands of bloody cask beers, but I, uh, sorry, uh, keg beers, but I went for that one. So that was very nice. So I recommend all those three. Certainly be catching a, um, a, a train from London. Uh, had my usual trip out on Friday night, went to my usual Mellard. So I got a pint for Nick and a pint for myself on the picture there. Um, yeah, a very, very clear, nice pint of cask oh and a very God. cloudy, mangoey, orangey one. Um, actually, that, that the pint was a, a nice, very nice burning sky. Uh, Plateau, um, Bernie Scar, actually quite a, quite a well-known uh, brewery now. And then I went off to my uh, normal, again, my normal finish, which was the uh, uh, Hop hop Cellar. Um, again, I had a couple of craft beers in there and ended up on Bacta, which is, uh, is a 12% Imperial Stout. And it just says, I'll just read you the description for those that are not on YouTube. Darker than Darth Vader's heart, this sumptuous Imperial Stout brewed with honey, Hazelnuts, coffee, and cocoa has layers of flavour working harmony with a big boozy finish, and that was a twelve percent. So I only managed a third of that, but it was actually very nice, quite a nice way to end the night actually as well. So, uh, so yeah, good, good, good drinks. So, being news, Bruce, you sent me this as well. Um, I'd got this earlier on. This was in the mirror that Marston's are putting forty-five p on all of their various different pub chains. Um, they blame that on the cost of living crisis. I know you sent me a link, Bruce, from the Express, where they were talking about 75p. Yeah. Um, but again, I thought I, I just I, I read that tonight. Actually, I read it again, and they're blaming they're blaming the 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 um, Ukraine conflict on the impact and the impact on grain. But we we don't we in Britain we don't we tend not to use grain very much. We tend to use malt, and of course, virtually all the malt in British brewery comes from Britain. So I'm not quite sure how they can claim that 
That's a 75p inflation. And again, they didn't name any pub chain in particular. They just said that pubs and breweries are putting 75p on on there. So again, it felt a bit lazy. Did they also say it's going to snow every day until the end of the year as well? Yeah, snow again. They normally do. Yeah. Dale Express folks on snow, winds and Magdalene and Cambian. But definitely, I think, you know, we've all mentioned the the prices are definitely creeping up. And I, I guess... They're going to get worse, aren't they? Because I think, you know, with the fuel and sorry, the energy thing that kicks in tomorrow, uh, we're recording this on 31st of March. So, 1st of April is when the energy cap comes off. And like they said, the big, the actually big pressure is on it's not gas per se, it's all about gas on the bloody t- TV, yeah. but it's not, it's electric, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. we're all going to pay more because they're putting the um, increased tariff on your standing order to pay back for. Um, all the stuff that's gone on previously. So it's, uh, yeah. I think, I think Weatherspoon's there putting theirs up by 20 pence, aren't they? So pints are £2.19 in Weatherspoon yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Still got me yeah. 50 pence vouchers, though. Come back to that in a minute. So we mentioned last week that, again, a tweet from Malton Brewery, or the, sorry, the uh, Yorkshire Pudding Brewery, and that they were moving their new kit. And in fact, actually, my son spotted this uh, on eBay this week. They were yeah. selling the old kit. So if you really want to, you could buy a full microbrewery kit used by Malton Brewery. The last three years for the grand price of £770. Is not, wow. not bad, that. Um, wow. So we mentioned that they they said they were getting a lot of new kits in. Uh, obviously, this is the brewery is based just as you come into Moulton uh, in some of the old estate kind of buildings, on near quite near to the Talbot uh, Hotel. So yeah, that was on that was on eBay this week. Uh, Bruce, I don't know if you came across this Vavar Brew. Um, oh, yeah. This was where uh, Eurobooza, uh, which is kind of a, a wholesale yeah. company. They, they're saving all the beer that's been left in Ukraine that can't be sold. So 45,000 pints of beer from Kiev-based craft brew at Vavar Brew uh, is being brought over to the UK. And again, they were very keen to get people to... Because I know you mentioned you were trying to look for oh, some Ukraine beer a couple of weeks ago, weren't you? So oh, yeah. uh, again, maybe worth... And Trembling Madness will have it in or have, they may have already sold out, but... Trembling Manners in York, they were the ones that were kind of were saying that you could, hopefully they were going to get some in that you could go along and buy. So it was interesting. Uh, I just thought I'd just put this on because we mentioned um, uh, this before and Brew York, I'll come back to a minute. It's their sixth birthday. I think I was, I couldn't decide last week whether it was their sixth or their 10th birthday and they've got their sixth party coming up. And they'd been on a bit, I think they've been up the North East, I don't know whether they're doing some collab work, but they'd come across a fantastic pub and, there is a pint of strong arm, which we talked about last week, didn't we? Because C was one of my words. And this is one of those banked pints that you often get in Hartlepool and Middlesbrough, which is which is like a, a pint on steroids with a, a, a Mr. whatever, Mr. Twirly head on it, isn't it? <laughs> where, where it's kind of a bit of a tradition in the Northeast where you get over poured, so you get this massive head on it that goes beyond the glass. So thought that was yeah. quite nice as well. So I mentioned that the um it was the it was the Thornbridge uh you know monthly monthly uh, box and as I say, what they then do on the first first Thursday is they do um, a uh, kind of tasting and a couple of the guys in the brewery and then um, random people like me kind of join along. Um, and because they've done a couple of collabs, I mentioned last time the Big Eagle or the um, I can't remember they called it now. Uh, well, I, I drank it live, didn't last week. So they had Wayne from Brew York was on as well as the guy from Big Smoke. So it was really interesting. Um, as always, give you a really good countdown on the beers and explain them. Uh, and it's quite nice in that Wayne from Brew York was actually coming live from the shed where Brew York were actually formed. 
um, just over well, over six years ago because the, they've been brewing in the in the brew where they are now for six years, and so that was quite nice. And he was quite good. He talked a lot about the brewery, about what they've got planned for the future. Um, look out for them. They're doing their Pardos range, and the next one they're doing is Bonoffi Pardos Imperial Stout. So I think that's in the in the box next week. Um, they talked about their new brewery because I think they just we mentioned before, haven't they? They're moving out. Is it? Um, Outgang Road or something like that brews the new brewery. Yes, yeah, they're back at being cured off the Hull Road down towards Baldwick. So going to keep so, this one open as well. They're going to operate. They're going to operate both brews apparently. Yeah, they're going to keep the. They're going to keep the, the the kind of the home if you like the, the original site as their beer hall as a as a because that's pretty much Central York, isn't it? Um, yeah. But actually, a lot of the sixth birthday celebrations are actually going to be at the new brewery to kind of kick it off. Yeah, and I he was quite if you want. Yeah, yeah, he was quite open and said. If you've ever been to Thornbridge Brewery, um, when you when you arrive here, you're going to see a Brew York version of a Thornbridge Brewery tap. So he said, we've gone for a big warehouse space. We've put in a pizza oven. So he said, to be honest, Thornbridge, you know, you, you guys have showed us the way all the way through this. So that'd be nice, maybe nice to try and get out there once and have a look. He said, yeah, you know, they're yeah. planning it. And then the other thing he said about is that I, again, I, I had seen these, but they're also partnering up this year with the London Craft Beer Cruise. So starting, I think, pretty soon um, on those clipper boats, I presume it's kind of, I think it's in the evening, um, they do a craft beer cruise. And yeah. again, what tends to happen is there's a different brewery on, on different slots. Um, I think you get something like six beers and a glass uh, and you go up and down the Thames. So again, I just, I've just put the, the thing in there. I'll maybe do a little bit more investigation into that. But Brew York are going to be one of the, the key partners for that this year. So if you go on there, you, 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 you a you'll find a brew yacht um, beer most most sailings, but on particular sailings, it'll be all brew yacht beers. So again, I guess that's a quite a nice way, isn't it, of um, expanding your your reach, isn't it? And you know, quite a nice way of doing it, really. So yeah, points of brew is another podcast, and I was listening because I, I noticed they'd done a Leeds one, and it's the guy that does the Leeds beer tours was on, um, talking a little bit about how he had. Um, kind of set up Leeds Beer Tours just before COVID and what he was doing. And they got into that discussion about um, uh, Wetherspoons. And again, I came across something that somebody else on Twitter was mentioning this, you know, wow. uh, there's, there's an advert there, manager special, 99p for a pint of Doom Bar. And of course, they were making the point, that's, that's making it quite hard at the moment. And Nick mentioned that when you've got the 50p vouchers as well, you know, you're getting a pint of Cascale for pound fifty, And their argument was, you know, Cascale is what hand produced in the main, isn't it? It's it's crafted. It's it's yeah. uh, you know it, it's made from natural ingredients. Um, it most people are trying to flog it at about five fifty six pound a pint, and yet you've got something like Weatherspoons completely undercutting the market by flogging cheap beer. And and, and there's a knock on effect for that is when when people go in a bottle shop, they probably will pay four pound five pound for a can, but when they go in a normal you know a traditional um, free house. And and like we sometimes do, we say, "Oh God, four fifty a pint, five pound a pint," and some of that is because we're used to. Quite a few of us are used to, and they were they were discussing about whether cam uh, camera are actually kind of part of the problem because they give out those vouchers, and in yeah. fact, they both said that they rip all their vouchers up because they they don't you know they their view. Well, I thought it was an interesting view. Their view was, I shouldn't want to you know take fifty p off a landlord or landlady. I should give them the fifty p. Um, and, and let them, you know, buy our beer. So, I don't know. In, interesting point of view, really. one that I'd probably not thought again about before. I mean, I know we you, we've talked about 
maybe not the 1999 piece because I had, his, I, know, I think you managed to get a couple of those, but I've never seen them. But like you say, with that 50p off, you're getting a pint for 140, 145 in most Wetherspoons, aren't you? So, maybe. what? Well, that, that can be the difference deciding to go out or not at all yeah. in an evening. You know, I mean, I don't go to Wetherspoons and stop in a Wetherspoons all night, but I know that by going in a Wetherspoons during the course of the night, it's going to bring the cost of my night out to what yeah. I want to pay. Yeah. And in that respect, I don't mind ever going another pub. I have to pay four fifty because I know I've saved two or three quid yeah. in Wetherspoons. Yeah. So yeah. it yeah. balances balances it out. I mean, yeah, any 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 industry, any market does this. You know, it's the same as your your Fortnum and Masons or Waitrose complaining that Poundland knocking stuff out at a cheap price. It's stack it high and sell it cheap. It's it's your profit margin at the end of the day, really. Uh, you know, brewers aren't forced to sell their beer to Weatherspoons, and some people have decided not to do that. I always remember, you know, uh, Moulton Brewery saying that, that, you know, they didn't want to put all their eggs into one basket. It would be great to have, uh, you know, sort of his beer on 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 Weatherspoons bars all over the country. But what happens then if all of a sudden Weatherspoons suddenly turn around and say, right, we're not going to stock you anymore. And they've had to concentrate on just supplying Weatherspoons and not uh, being able to supply all the smaller pubs and bars around there. But... It is certainly where I think you're getting your beer out there nationally and letting people see uh, see what you're doing, really. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I suppose, I mean, let's be honest, a 99p pint of beer, I mean, it's 50-50. Our pizza pence of that is actually duty and tax, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, you know, that means that you're buying a pint of, a pint of Doom Bar here for 40p. It doesn't, it costs a lot more than 40p to produce a pint of Doom Bar, I, I would imagine. Well, mm. I, don't, I don't know. We've all got our opinions on Doom Bar now, haven't we? Well, all right, Ru- you know, Ruddles there, uh, a pint of Ruddles. And the, and the quantities that that, that uh, these these massive, great, you know, mega breweries are, uh, are brewing at, uh, and the, the quality of the ingredients they're putting in, then you could say, well, it's yeah. maybe costing them only yeah. three pence a pint to make a pint. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we might come back to that. So, but again, it points of brew, which is worth having a listen to. Um, episode 35 is about Leeds. Um, and again, it covers quite a lot of the ground that we've covered. Uh, and again, a couple of Yorkshire lads talking about Leeds is always always good stuff. So it's again in, interesting. It's a slightly different tack to one that we take. Um, it tends to be more of a one on one with uh, breweries uh, and people who are working the beer industry. So again, well worth looking at if you're looking for some podcasts maybe over Easter. So let's get back then to our A to Z. So in episode 32, we did A B C. So again, as I said, we pulled out. I pulled out of the hat H O and V last time round. Um, so we've each chosen uh, either a pub, a beer, a brewery, or something that reminds us of um, a trip or a trip we'd like to in the future. So let's kick off with H. So here is, I think I called him Bob last week. Actually, this guy's called Dave. Uh, and again, I thought we'd better, we'd, better, we'd better pay due homage to him. Sorry, not Dave, Jack. So Jack Hartman is the guy that we hey, use on our, on our hey, YouTube. <laughs> Tony, on our, on our YouTube um slides to kind of give us our leg because he sings lots of songs about ages but hey he's got 3.2 million bloody subscribers so so maybe we need to jump on the back of jack and and use him so jack if you're listening we love your h we love your o we love your v so the letter h so i'm going to kick h off so mine was thinking about a place and i was a bit torn here so i initially thought about huddersfield Mainly because we had a cracking day, although it, we got absolutely piss wet through <laughs> in whatever storm that one was. Um, but we had a great day in, in Huddersfield, uh, including a very memorable um, lunch in the in the Merry England with some very placid um, roast beef sandwiches. But we had a good session. 
in the uh, in the in the in the rat. Didn't mean we went there first. We had a great great time in the Grove actually, which is a cracking pub. We ended up in. Did we go in the King's Head in the end? Didn't we on the station? I think we did. Rather than the other one, we went in the King's Head, did we? Um, and obviously yeah. Huddersfield is the central point of the um, the Trans Pennine Real Ale Trail. But in the end, I thought, yeah, it was all right. But I know at the end of the at the end of that session that day, actually, we all were a little bit mixed. Really, I think it's not quite what it was when we first did that back in the kind of in the nineties. So I ended up with Hull because again, we had, a, we had a good sessions in Hull. We did it back in episode five. Um, the Hull Ale Trail is there. Um, there's actually now I didn't notice there's a whole low A trail as well, which is interesting. So always kind of moving forward. Some cracking pubs in Hull. Uh, we've mentioned quite a few. I think I thought my choice would be um, start off in the Minerva um, down there by the river, which you can't really beat, can you? And again, we shared, I think there's a picture of me and Nick in that little corner, that little corner window there in that little cubby hole. Probably then come back into the old town and go to either the old black boy uh, and all the, the lion and, uh, was it called the lion and key, isn't it? Which is a funny name, um, mm. which we were in there, Nick, we were in there not long ago. It's we're quite nice in there. And then, smells of fish and chips, though. Yeah. And then <laughs> end up at the they're Hop and Vine. They're, they're, they're homemade fish and chips, and it always stinks of fish. And then go downstairs into the dungeon, which is the Hop and Vine, and look for a little man, a bit like on, on Mr. Ben, who'll come up behind the curtain and serve you craft ales. <laughs> which um, is one with a tiny window. What's one with a tiny window? Oh, the, the old white heart? No. Yeah. No, we, we, don't, we don't go in that pub, bros. We just always just peer through the window. Yeah, it's supposed to be the smallest, <laughs> smallest window in the, in, in the oh, country. Right. And it, they reckoned in the times of coaches, uh, they used to have a little bellboy who used to sit there and peep through that little gap. And when a stagecoach arrived, he would dash out and collect people's luggage for them. I mean, cracking crack a lot of, of, of uh, pubs in York, in Hull, sorry. And again, a growing number of breweries as well. Quite a lot of um, heritage pubs in Hull, especially around the old time, old town. And you guys mentioned the Polar Bear, which again apparently is now up and running again mm. with oh, its fantastic marble bear. bear. Yeah. Um, again, Minerva, a couple of Minerva's a fantastic pub, though, isn't it? And it's Minerva, big, yeah, huge yeah. big pub as well, isn't it? But uh, that little tiny snug and the way they maintain it, I mean, inside now it's fantastic, really, isn't it? The uh, the, the, the garden roof terrace at the Admiral of the Humber is supposed to be very nice as well. Mm. Uh, the Sponge pub, they've got a roof yeah. terrace <laughs> in the Humber, God. yeah, yeah, well, it, 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 there's rooms there, yeah, so there's got a hotel. Um, and then, as I say, they reckon there's got a massive great area up on the roof. I don't know what sort of view you get, really, but yeah. I mean, I think we've. All, I think there is. They're opening one of the stations, all out which I don't, I don't know when it's open yet. But I know there's plans to open another kind of a, you know, a bit like a York Harrogate tap thing on the home. So, Hull was my hate choice. Uh, Nicholas, yours was a pub in York, which we've mentioned many times on the podcast. It was, yeah. We've just mentioned that being across to the lakes this. Uh, this weekend, so when I go to the lakes, I always do go to the Hawkshead Brewery Tap. Still like it there. Obviously, uh, it's been taken over now. A lot of the staff who were working there, unfortunately, were let go, and they've started their own brewery. So if I lived over that way, then I would have probably been to the Hawkshead Brewery, but the pub I go to more often, if I'm going to York, is the Hop. Once again, it's, 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 it's unusual, I suppose, in a way, that it's not a traditional pub. It is a traditional building. I think it was a butcher's at one point, so it's got a lot more features in there. Uh, it's in an area that is central and in an area that's surrounded by a lot of other bars and, and places like that that are always full. But I've always managed to go in the hop 
no matter what day or time and get a seat at least. And the best seats, as you know, Mike, is when you can get in the windows. It's got a central door entry and then you've got glass windows either side and you can get sat in the window and watch the world go by. It's a Osset pub, so they have the full range of beers on. Nice big blackboard so you can see what's on offer and how much you're paying as well. So, yeah, I would go for the hop. I'll tell the trouble with Osset beers. I mean, I love Osset beers. I, I, I used to love them. But they're everywhere now, aren't they? They're, they're everywhere you go. There's also, and it's almost like, you know, familiarity breeds contempt, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. I've noticed that. White rat is everywhere. I mean, in all, in all our pubs down here in in, uh, in Staffordshire, they've got white rat on. So like you say, it seems to now, I guess, let's keep an eye on, you know, the quality. Great that they are. You know, I think they're great. They have a great brewery. They've got some great pubs, haven't they? I mean, you know, yeah, that pub in uh, Huddersfield mentioned. Our preface, Nick, is that window behind the wheelie bin for those looking on YouTube, isn't it? And, in fact, and there you are, um, sat by said window, um, having a nice beer in there. Um, their beers aren't cheap, though. Are they? You know, they're 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 not expensive, but they're on the pushing it. You know, three ninety. They're, they're, all, they're okay for York City Centre. I mean, yeah. Bruce's favourite pub down that street is across the road, but you're paying another 30, 40 pence in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's next. Yeah, next hate. They have to say, Osset beer is the best kept Osset beer anyway. Is the uh, Cross Keys in Nairsborough, which is also yeah. the cheapest. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. not twenty five pint less than uh, in your. But the way the guys keep their beers, no, they're, 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 they're closed four lunch times a week. Yeah, no, they're 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 be, how they keep them, that should be anybody who's looking to keep a pint of Osset beer needs to go there for lessons. It's absolutely uh, fantastic. And again, that time we were in there when we. We came back on the way from Harrogate. A lot we did made me the point quite a lot. Well, everyone else was drinking lager, so yeah. you know, yeah. you know, it's not like there's churning a lot of it out. But like I said, it's definitely well kept. So yeah. that's Nick now. So now we've got well, episode thirty-three. So in every episode since episode one, we always mention at least two <laughs> two pub chains and owners. Obviously, we've already talked a lot about Weatherspoons. And the other one, we have, we've mentioned, well, actually, we didn't mention it, that the cricketers in Selby is a Sam Smith's pub. I don't know where you mentioned that, Bruce, but it, but, but it is. So Bruce's hate, unsurprisingly, is Humphrey Ritchie, <laughs> Richard Wilcombe Smith. And there's a very dapper photo I found of, of Humphrey, uh, the, the owner, uh, the matriarch, the patriarch, the whatever he is of, of obviously Samuel Smith's uh, brewing. So Humphrey Smith, Bruce. An extraordinary chap he is too. I mean, what's amazing is you found that picture. I think, as far as I'm aware, there are only two two pictures of him that exist because it's either this one of him when he's obviously in his early thirties, or a present one where he's looking a bit dishevelled and he's now in his seventies. I mean, so you know, well, hang on. So we got a picture of him sitting at Weatherspoons. <laughs> Honestly, Google it. Somebody oh, got a photograph of sat yeah. in a Weatherspoons. On his phone, yeah, that was the least it was, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, the thing about he's he, he fascinates us, and I mean. We go to a few Sam Smith pubs because me and friends got the village pubs and I'm going to uh, our second nearest pub to us tonight after we finish this. Uh, and what's amazing is, I mean, for a man so steeped in mystery, uh, wherever you go to the pubs, and especially in Tadcaster, is the sole topic of conversation. I remember being in the uh, the Royal Oak at the crossroads when you just went to Tadcaster one day in winter. The pub was full of people. And I said to my friend, I said, listen, I said, listen to what they're all talking about. There was only one possible comment they just the people they're obsessed with him um <laughs> probably a good reason well, mainly because he stops and getting over the river when the, when, the, when the bridge breaks down he didn't let him build a new one for four years because he didn't, didn't want to build on his land <laughs> there's very little comprehension he said but i mean the man's enigma isn't he i mean we know something about him we think that there are all sorts of tales about him and nobody really knows the truth from the urban myths 
Apparently he's a billionaire. The, the pubs represent only about 5% of his wealth, reputedly. Mm. Uh, he Canary Wharf, doesn't he, by all accounts? So that's well, no, what happened was, apparently, he, uh, again, urban myth this, uh, apparently he noticed that Rupert Murdoch was buying up great swaths of uh, dish he was landing in East London and said to one of his friends, this Murdoch's no fool, buying up all this land. And his friend said, oh, bloody, it's waste land. No one's going to go there. There's thousands of acres, is it? And... Um, Humphrey Smith uh, then bought up, apparently, hundreds of acres of it as well. Uh, and infamously went on to own the land that Canary Wharf was built on, taking a share in the building. Uh, and apparently, great around that area of Canary Wharf, he, the, that was his land, and he still has great owners down there. Apparently, him and his brother, at one point, were the biggest owners of quarries in the country. Um, and I say, if you live around here uh, in North Yorkshire, sadly now... Um, an increased amount of these pubs are closed. These pubs are the part and soul of the village. Um, in many cases, invest heavily in them to make them really nice, and you can't get anybody to run them. Um, and uh, it's becoming, you know, really bad. You know, some for great villages and the pubs of the heart and soul around here, we could mention eight and nine, really. And I like everybody moans that it says it's his terms and conditions. Uh, I'm a bit careful what you say on here, because I don't want to sue him back. <laughs> but yeah, if you go through some amazing uh, tales. Um, but, uh, and again, we've got to say, we, we, we do say it, they, the, the Smiths as a company look at look at some some fantastic um, heritage buildings. They do they do preserve them. They do spend money on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're not they're not run down pubs. I mean, they sometimes yeah, yeah. might look like that, but you know, they're always well looked after. Um, you know, say why not? I mean, again, that you know, there he was, was, there was... He was quality craftsmanship. Yeah, unlike the big pub chains. Yeah. He spends money to make sure that when the job's done, it's done properly. It's not fake timber and 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 special clever paint job. It's it's, it's, yeah. it's proper artesian work and and you know, right the way back to you know commission ex glass and stuff like that. And um, uh, yeah, I'm reading a, I'm reading a book you know about the trends in in pubs and things that that Boke and Bailey wrote on it. You know, people marketing people spent have spent millions trying to recreate you know the irish pub and the, the old traditional pub well well smiths just do that don't they you know they, they don't let they don't let jukeboxes and televisions in their pubs and big screens and they don't let mobile phones in um and that means and, and sometimes they let kids in but that means that if you want to go and have a quiet pint and have a chat like we talked about in the sea horse in, in york um yeah. it's great isn't it that's what you do uh, and it normally be a real fire um, okay, the the beer is a bit limited, but it's cheap and it's good and it tastes it tastes okay. There is a range. To be honest, there's a range, isn't it? Because you know we've talked about the miles. There's the lagers. There's the organic lager. There's taddy lager. The, and then, as you mentioned, Bruce, all those bottles. You know, some some fantastic bottle beers. That I said, I mentioned that you know a lot of craft brewers in in America still Sam Smith is there. You know, that's where they got their innovation. You know, fruit beers, wheat beers, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I mean, so that's our H's. So we've got a place hall, we've got um, uh, a pub in York, the Hop, and we've got uh, the the iconic uh, head of a brewing dynasty, uh, Humphrey Smith. So let's move on to our next letter. Here's Jack with our letter O, and I think uh, Bruce, you're kicking us off here with quite I'd be quite surprised when you came up, you came up with this one. Well, yeah, most of Osset, everyone knows that Osset really, and Old Mill's a cracking brewer. They've been around now, uh, say, since uh, the mid uh, uh, 1980s, um, and very little known, really, but an intriguing brewery. I mean, they're based in Snaith, which is a really picturesque little town uh, in East Yorkshire between uh, 
uh, Selby and uh, Goal. Uh, River runs through a, a fantastic place, a couple of cracking butchers there. Uh, but they have a really interesting pub estate, don't they? They mm. tend to have one pub in uh, little towns, for example, some huge old roadhouses in uh, Rotherham, Mexborough. Uh, we've got one pub in York. Uh, but the old, uh, the bees themselves are really quite lovely, aren't they? Um, the uh, in fact, we'll have to go to Victoria, we'll have to go to Victoria next time. You come out, been there for years, have we, really? Um, but I mean, to just keep going and going very quietly, going around the business, uh, no great fuss. Uh, and I do believe you can actually go on a brewery tour as well, which I'd really like to do. Yeah. I'll just read now. Yeah. Opening at 93, 200 year old former malt kill and corn mill, which that looks a fantastic place where the brewery is. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely. Um, 60 barrels. The brewery is building in a tight estate now standing at 16 houses. Beers can be found nationwide through wholesalers and around 83 trade outlets. Well, I think for us, uh, when we start drinking beer, that I mean, 1983 was the same. We uh, all turned 16. Uh, so, obviously, in those days, you know, there wasn't the explosion real as it was now. So, discovering any real ale was, uh, was a great thriller. I think it used to pop up quite a lot, didn't it? So, they've really stood the test of time, really. But without any great fanfare, they just bootle along. Don't they were they, kind really? of the new wave of cast brewers, weren't they? Like you said, you know, they oh, yeah. the come across as being quite triple. They're not, like you said, they're the 80s, and they kind of were that new wave of cask you know that's what they did um and i can remember yeah they were probably one of the first guest beers that you began to see in pubs that began to go beyond their tie uh you know serving their strong arms and their tetleys this was the beer that you often got us on that kind of spare pump so yeah you're right i i also seem to think that i know we used to go in the the was it the mission in hull Yes, that was an old mill pub. You're right, Nick. And I, I think that that was one of the first places I saw this movement from traditional rail ale served out of a hand pump. And I think, I don't know, I might be wrong, but I thought they were one of the first to start doing a blonde, uh, to do a blonde beer and then dispense it out of electric mm. rather than just, you know, we don't have any hand pumps, we're going to dispense yeah. everything out of electric like some Sam Smith pubs uh, have been all the time. But no, I, I, I say I seem to recall that they... Almost did a version of Dizzy Blonde themselves. Oh, there's a Blonde um, Bombshell, yeah. Blonde Bomb. Well, that, yeah, that's it, yeah. The Bullion IPA, I remember that, because that's, it's an IPA, but it's only 3.7. Traditional bitter, which is, again, uh, multi nose carried through to the initial flavour, and then Blonde Bombshell, hmm. which was a 4%. Um, and now they do... Well, I, I seem to remember seeing that as a beer on electric dispense, you know, long mm. before a lot of the brewers were doing it. Yeah, and yeah. the mission, yeah. as it sounds like, it was no Siemens mission, so it's almost like, Walking into a church, it's uh, it's, it's it's in the old town, uh, next next to the marina and uh, huge cavernous place, and it's still got the pulpit in it there, and it's still got the stained glass windows. Mm. Okay, so that's Bruce's oh, which is the Old Mill Brewery, and as mentioned again, he didn't quite manage to get into the Crescent in Selby, but they're an Old Mill pub, so that would be a, a nice link. But then there we go. So I don't I can't remember who's next actually. Oh, I'm next. So on a similar theme to some extent, my O would be Oakham Citra. So a similar story, really. Um, Oakham are, again, one of those new wave cask um, uh, breweries. Um, by all accounts, they were the first brewery to bring in the Citra Hop. Um, the, the head brewer went across to America and he picked up that these new um, citrusy hops were coming in and he was the first person that brought them back. And he put them together in Oakham Citra, which is a session IPA, 4.2%. I've got to say, if I ever see it on, a, on the bar, I, it's probably the one that I would go for. It's a, I think for me, it's a, beer, yeah. you know, one of those crisp, um, yeah, zesty IPAs, clear, clean, 
um, 4.2. So, you know, it's got a little bit of kick to it. Um, you don't, I was looking at, I, I was amazed actually how many beers they do. And just, if I just move our pictures a bit here in that they, they do quite a range of, of beers as well. Again, you tend not to see them because you just tend to see uh, Citra. They do GHB Inferno, uh, one with the Macar on it and uh, one with an Abbott's hat on it. But no, to me, it's a cracking beer. It was it was the um, it was a beer of beer of Britain in 2014. Um, but what in 2022 is still knocking around as a really really decent beer. So um, I've had a couple of pints recently. Um, often in the that pub I took you in, it the Swine Spoon. They normally have uh, Citra on. Uh, it's been in Mellard, my local as well, a couple of times. So Oakham Citra. I think you guys both like it. That Nick, was the time we had a pint was in uh, Wakefield, was it, Nick? And it, it was, was, it was like, a nice, nice start to the day, that one it wrote. It's lovely views up in Citroen, I say it. Like you, it's often, I see it's the one I'll elevate. So it always seems to travel really well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, you, mentioned, you mentioned the hops, though, you know, Mike. Going back to H, really, we should have yeah. chosen hop hops. as a H because hop is the secret ingredient that makes yeah. the beer taste different, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you've got your water, you've got your barley, you've got your yeast, which, okay, you can get different yeast strains, which makes the beer taste slightly different. But the main ingredient that makes the biggest difference is the humble hop and all its many, many, many different varieties now. Well, I think we go with Citra because Citra is the hop that makes Citra the, the beer it is. I can't remember what your O was. What's your R? Oh, there we go. That's a nice link there, Nicholas. So your O has got a similar thing to it, and your O was... Let's go back to Sam Smith's <laughs> old brewery bitter, and I know you're not a fan of it, Mike. But I think uh, I think it's distinctive because it is it is from the wood, yeah. and obviously just like wine that is matured in the barrel, and even whiskey. You know, when whiskey is first produced, it's clear, and the the character from a whiskey comes out of the wood that it's stored in, and it's 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 set down in. So. Old Brewery, it is a quiet taste, and you mentioned that a lot of people grumble and say, oh, there's not a very good beer range, and even the normal bitter doesn't taste very nice. But I suppose that's people who aren't used to drinking a traditional beer from the wood. And whenever I go anywhere, certainly down into London, it's home from home, enjoying a pint of Old Brewery bitter. And I'd, I'd, I'd much prefer a pint of soft drink myself, but there we go. Yeah, well, that's that's what you guys do, but uh, no, I'll, I'll stick stick traditional. Thank you. Okay, yeah, I think it's one of those, it's a bit like Peddy, it's a bit like Marson's Peddy when it's served around here. I think you've got to drink it regularly because it's got it has got a certain I, I call it the burnt snapped, and it's the Tadcaster. I guess it's that kind of that the what is it? It's the it's the um, the the line, you know, the. Uh, not 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 a long word, is it? What I'm thinking about here is this kind of salts in it, isn't it? It's that. No, I, I don't. I, I think you it's go get the that, I think it's almost like a tannin. Yeah. I think it's a tannin for taste. I mean, I don't drink wine, but you know, uh, the tannin is is it's that it's that earthy. It's that it's it's out the wood. I'm I'm sure that's what it is. And mm. and, and a similar brew that I used to like, and I mentioned before, was when Wards were brewing in Sheffield. That had a very mm. distinctive taste to it. It I was guess. one of those beers that you had to start off this. Start off at the beginning of the night with and stick on it, and it it, it, it was good. If you yeah. were on stones or anything else, whipped bread or any other beers, and then had a pint of wards, it was like, wow, ugh, no, this isn't quite right. But it wasn't because the beer was off; it was just because it had such a sensitive character. I guess I mean as well. It's 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 quite. I wouldn't say it's a flat beer, but it's not as aerated, uh, and it's often pulled slightly. I'm wondering whether that's the barrel as well, because the barrel maybe soaks up some of that natural 
carbon dioxide that you know kind of gives the bit a bit of fizz. I'm thinking, you know, compared to Sam's was never Sam's has never been pulled like say a pint of Tetley's used to be pulled. You never got that creaminess from Sam. It's a more yeah, of a like Sam, bass, in, I guess, in, in a way. Sam Smith's pubs, they don't like to pull it too quick. Yeah. They know they can't waste any. Yeah, They're yeah. not allowed yeah, to have true. any beer going over the top yeah, yeah. into the true. into the slop tray because it all has to be minutely measured. True, so. true, true. Yeah. So so we've got, so that was two beers. So all brewery bitter from Nick. Um, mine was Oakham Citra. Uh, and Bruce, you went for a, a brewery, which was the Old Mill Brewery in Snaith. So let's move on to our V. So here's Jack again with our letter V. Uh, and again, I've, I've, it's that long since I'd put this here. I can't remember who's going first. Ah, I'm going first. So, hmm, mine's a bit different for this one. So, mine is a drink for my letter V. And my letter V is for velvet, as in black velvet. But, actually, it's what we used to call black velvet in Yorkshire. And I'm going to tell, we're going to tell a story in a minute. We need to go into trouble once. But in it, actually, the real black velvet, of course, is champagne and Guinness, which which is a cocktail that was uh, is still quite popular and often with oysters. Um, so black velvet is the, I don't know why Bruce, but when we were eighteen, nineteen, it was our it was our drink of choice. I don't know. I think again, we're talking about the days when there wasn't a great deal of choice, was there? Yeah. Literally, it was double diamond and literally an, an Ansel's whatever, and and then and then probably a a skull lager or whatever. Um, and for whatever reason, I don't. I guess it's because we were a bit weird and we were a bit different. Yeah, you were but drinking freaky weirdos. That's why we used to drink. Still drinking straight cider. <laughs> oh, pints of answer. No, you had to be. Yeah, freaky weirdos. I guess I guess we're in that thing with bum fluff where you know you're not quite used to drinking. What you're drinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You need a bit of sweetness, do you? It's like the alcohol pop thing. And I guess the cider and Guinness mix had that <laughs> nice headiness. It gave you quite a powerful alcoholic kick. Uh, and it looked different. I mean, to be honest, when you mix cider and Guinness, it just looks like fizzy, fizzy Guinness, really. Um, so, yeah, so apparently Black Velvet was a cocktail created by the barman at the Brooks Club in London to um, commemorate the death of Prince Albert back in 1861. So Prince Albert was obviously Queen Victoria's uh, consort and husband. And obviously when he died, everything went black and, and jet jewellery from Whitby, etc. Uh, and the drink was to symbolise the black worn by Queen Victoria in her mourning phase. Ooh. Now, what happens with champagne and Guinness is they have different densities. So apparently what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to pour your champagne in your glass first. And then you tend to use a spoon to pour the Guinness in. And that's why you get that two-tier thing that, again, for those on YouTube, um, you can see that the Guinness floats on top of the champagne. Although on the Guinness advert that I've also got on there, they've done it the other way around. And in fact, in that one, they've got the Guinness at the bottom and the champagne at the top. But they will sit on top of each other because they're different densities. I, I would have thought champagne will sit on top of Guinness rather than the way around, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Well, you can see that one there. No, I think apparently the, the, the real cocktail is, is champagne first. And then stout pot over the back of a spoon on the top so it floats. Well, yeah, I mean, you won't, it'll be a very thin layer of Guinness on the top. Yeah. I mean, you don't have a cocktail and fill it a half pint. full of Guinness, do you? <laughs> no, no. And, but we used to drink what we call poor man's, but apparently poor man's Guinness, uh, sorry, poor man's black velvet should be called a stout bubble. Now, we never asked for a stout bubble in the mount, we asked for a pint of black velvet. Um, and apparently, if you put the cider in first, it's called a black adder. Because when you make a black velvet poor man, you're supposed to put the Guinness. The Guinness goes in first, and the cider on top. And if you do it the other way around, it's called a black adder, which I guess is a bit like a snake bite, isn't it? That's why they called it. So the black velvet was the beer of our choice 
when we first went to pubs. And so we just got to tell this little story. I think we mentioned it before, though. But one of our first ever, I think probably our first ever pub yeah. outing to London Brews was, was when the, we were Nick playing a brass band and we had a trip down to London. And for whatever reason, there was a few spare seats and they needed filling up. So Bruce, you and Simo and me, we yeah. said, well, we'll just go and have a few drinks then. The, yeah. the, the prize of the trip was actually to go to watch Master Team. Was it Master Team? I couldn't yeah, tell what. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Angela Rippon had a Saturday night TVs, whatever it was, quiz show. And so the band had managed to uh, somehow had got tickets to go to a live screening. So Nick and I, you went off there and paddled off with everybody else. Well, Bruce, me and Simo went drinking around the, the haunts of London on the night where the Brixton riots started. Um, and we were in this very salubrious hotel called the London Park Hotel. Sadly, probably, probably quite lightly, uh, no longer exists. So yeah. we had had a fair shed full around London. We'd got to, we'd start, we'd tried to, I think we were somewhere, we, we ended up somewhere in Knightsbridge. And then we're trying to get back to this was well, they were yeah. south of London here, Bruce. You know where this place is. Yeah, Elephant Castle. Castle. Elephant Castle. 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 Very close to the Imperial Army Museum. So we were trying to get back across the river. And I remember getting on a buzz and this woman saying to us, Where you got where you going, boys? We goes, Oh, we've got to go there. Oh no, 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 riots, you're not gonna get there tonight. We go, what can we do? What can we do? So anyway, <laughs> she said, get off the buzz and get on the tube. So we got on the tube. And we sat on, we get, we managed to get on this tube train and we just kept hearing all these stations being announced, right, this train will not now go to, this because it's civil <laughs> disorder, this train will now not go. And we managed to get off at something like Brixton North or somewhere. Yeah. And that was where the train, they said, right, that's it, you've got, the train's going no further, get out here. So we came out of this underground station, half cut, to see a sky in flames, <laughs> police cars yeah. screaming everywhere, yeah. um, walked down a few dodgy streets to get to this hotel. Yeah. And then obviously, yeah, arrived at this hotel, I, I got not to a round of applause because everybody thought we were caught up in the riots because <laughs> they'd all been safely back in a hotel. Anyway, we then went to the bar and being typical country garbies, we I think we ordered three pints of black velvet, yeah. as we did. And it was taking a hell of a long time. And I said, excuse me, why, why is it taking such a long time? Because you've got bottles of Guinness and bottles of cider. And he said, oh, no, we, we've got to find some champagne for your black velvet because <laughs> we don't have champagne here. The champagne will be in the restaurant bar. And at that point, we all, we all went completely white. It went, no, 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 we don't want champagne. Cider and Guinness in a pint glass, please. So all I remember, I just remember, I think the day after we went to the Barbican, um, oh. and I just remember being in the, one of my worst states ever, sat yeah. on a coach, just yeah. trying to not puke because oh. I go, it was, it was, a, it was dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember trying to, I remember the, the chef chasing eggs, fried eggs around this massive chewing of, of oh. just oil, just trying oh. to catch an egg as it flew oh. around. So, anyway, so black velvet was my V. And, and as you can say, there brought some very interesting. I think our aim was to drink eight Bruce on a Friday night, wasn't it? I've eight yeah. pints of black velvet on a Friday night, oh. uh, mainly in the Mount Hotel in, oh. in Malton which we, 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 we need to revisit. Uh, so, Nicholas, your V was a much more proper proper place and proper visit, was it? Mentioned in a number of podcasts. Well, it was, but I thought Bruce would have chosen this one. So uh, well, you, beat was, it. you beat me to it, yeah. Fantastic. Obviously, v, v had to take a little bit of thinking about, but I got inspiration from, popped into the Royal Oak a couple of weeks back, and uh, Steve had the uh, Rudgate Viking on. And Rudgate also do another beer called uh, Valkyrie, which is obviously reminds me of the famous march. Valkyrie. 
But then all of a sudden, I thought, well, no, V for Victoria. Uh, the Victoria pub up in Durham. And uh, we have spoken about before. It is a classic, un unsport uh, Victorian pub, Victorian by, by design, Victorian by nature. I've always mentioned that surprise, and it's just tucked around the back of the high security prison. I didn't realize that uh, Durham Prison is actually, actually right in the middle of the town, which is really surprising because they normally put these places out in the middle of nowhere in case the psychos are locked up in there trying to escape. So, yeah, the Victoria pub. Don't think I need to say any more about it than that, but I would say I was surprised that Bruce hadn't, uh, hadn't gone for that. I would have done it. It's a fantastic pub. It's like a living. He was in, but well-frequented, uh, great staff. And again, both of those say it's often best visited on a dark winter's evening when all the fires are lit. But it is just a fantastically, uh, perfectly preserved pub. It's a real credit to the uh, to the people who run it. And you can stay there as well, yeah. Yeah, I've said before, it's not a comfortable pub because it is, is what I call a utility pub. It's not one where you can sink back into a nice, plush banquet seat and, you know, sort of be relaxed and, and, and casual all night. Um, but yeah, as a, as a classic traditional boozer, it's a, it's a great spot to be. It really is, yeah. Okay, and that just leaves us Bruce's final and that of coldest cause of this one. And again, you're surprised with this one, Bruce. So you've gone for Victoria Bitter as in yeah. VB from Melbourne, Australia. Well, it is because, I mean, it, 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 what's been talked about Australian beers and this bizarre regionalisation of Australian bitters that... Uh, the sort of the lack of choice that, uh, well, I've not been for 20 years to Australia, but I do remember being absolutely staggered by the uh, lack of choice. For example, um, went to Sydney, you could have drink two is, um, mm. um, which, uh, <laughs> whilst they have great images, these beer and you know, the, the, the iconic names, the reality of drinking them is often quite disappointing, isn't it? They're quite insipid and uh, quite weak. Well, it's not beer, is it, Bruce? Really, it's lager. It is, that's right. But then, of course, when you get to Melbourne, the only game in town, really, is drinking a Victoria Bitter, which is a bitter all, because like Nick Crowder says, it's, it's a lager, really. Um, up in uh, Perth, it's, uh, is it Perth or Brisbane, where it's all Castle Main? Well, Castle Main, yeah. One eight. of them is all Foster, isn't it, really? Uh, and I say, I just I like Victoria Bitter. It's such a strong, uh, iconic uh, uh, brand, and uh, it's never changed, has it, through our lifetimes, really. I mean, everywhere you go around Melbourne, there's VB branding, uh, it's just so iconic. But the beer itself, uh, I have to say, is, is quite disappointed. But uh, in terms of an uh, image of Australia, um, you know, the, the market, I think it's fantastic, really, yeah. Uh, a couple of places now, though, it's obviously, you can buy it over here now. It disappeared for a long time, but it has started mm. popping back up in the submags, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, again, um, it is a bitter. It is, it's not quite a lager. It is still brewed quite traditionally. It's, it's more, much more traditional beer in, in Australia than, than the like, you know, like the Fosters and stuff. Because uh, you're right, Bruce. In fact, Australians don't drink Forex or Fosters. You, you can hardly find those beers over yeah. there. Um, so VB is very much, yeah. And like, as you mentioned, there's a lot. I mean, I spent a lot of time in Victoria. There's a lot of pride in what you drink. And VB is, is Victoria's beer. So, yeah. particularly, you know, Aussie Rules football, the MCG, obviously cricket in Melbourne. Uh, it's VB is what everybody drinks really, and it is, uh, uh, and of course the stubby. And yeah, I, I've got a few tales of when I was over there with my Aussie mate, and that's all he drinks. And you'd go to the the drive through. You could go to the drive through liquor store where you'd, <laughs> you'd go and get you'd go and get twenty four stubbies of VB already cold. Um, and when I first got when I first was over there, he's talk about stubby journeys. 
And I said, what do you mean, stubby journeys? You know, how, how many beers do you, do you drink on the way? Because obviously in Australia, again, I'm going back like you, 20, 30 years when drink driving maybe were not quite as, as thing as, and of course Australia, you don't see cars for miles anyway. Yeah. And literally you'd go and buy um, either drive through or you'd go into a supermarket and they'd have all these. When I first went in and we'd go and buy a slab each of VB, um, and, and Rob would say, no, no, don't get him, don't get him off the shelf, follow me. And there'd be a little room at the back that was a kind of walk-in refrigerator. Yes, absolutely. Your so your beer was already cold. He yeah. said, no, no, you don't want to get cold, mate. You need a cold one. So you drink it absolutely ice cold. And yeah, and a, a four-stubby trip was, that would, it would be, it would, four bottles of beer, you'd be there, you'd, you'd, you'd arrive. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Now I, I got into Carlton. Carlton is, a, is another similar Victoria brand. And, couple of the older boys that I drank with over there got me into Carlton Gold, and you can't buy that in the UK. Uh, and that was quite a nice, again, a kind of cross between a bitter and a lager, really. But now I was quite amazed that you're going for VB. I think it's quite, I quite, I quite like a VB. It's uh, it's not a bad drink, uh, but you got to drink it cold. Um, and again, it was one of the first beers that went over there, um, obviously, with uh, the developers of Colony as well. Fantastic. We, we, so- we, uh, I went to the Melbourne Cup on that trip, and uh, the Melbourne Cup, uh, the 200,000 people, popping at Flemington and what they don't tell you is is that um by the time everyone's in there there's not a blade of grass to sit on and yeah. you actually 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 joined a, a queue uh, for a Victoria beer like a caravan tent yeah. and I was actually in that queue 45 minutes along with thousands of people just to come back <laughs> they'd only sell you one bottle per person yeah. so yeah. oh it was just madness yeah so, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I, I remember. I, I, I remember going on the train from Sydney to Melbourne, and that same thing. Yeah, you could buy three beers every hour. Yeah. So I just sent my missus down for three three VBs, and then she'd go down and get three VBs. So I ended up having six VBs. So that was a good, very yeah. good. So we've had quite a collection there tonight. We've had we've had the City Hall. We've had a couple of breweries. We've had uh, 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 one very iconic brewery owner. We've had a, some breweries uh, and a couple of different beers. So we've had what? We've had Oakham Citra. We've had Victoria Bitter, uh, Black Velvet as a drink. So quite, quite, a, quite an eclectic range. Right, it's time then, gents. Well, I'm going to pick out the one for the next set of, or the next podcast that we do. Let me choose first. I've got to go to the Here pub. Hang on, I'm going to pull them out now. So the first one is letter W. That's the first letter. So I'm in my little bag here. Look, you can see my little bag. The second letter is going to be the letter. J. Oh, that's an interesting one. Oh, I've said that different, isn't it? Jennings. Jennings. Yeah. Jersey. And the third letter for the next time is going to be the letter. Hang on, can't be that one. We've already done the. I thought I'd probably put these in one at a time. Yeah. Hang on, with it. Right, and the last letter is letter. I'm going to get rid of that one because X is too hard. (laughs) I'm claiming John Bull for J. Yes, I'm claiming the John Bull for J. Uh, G. So G for George is our. Our uh, three letters. So W G or J or well, W G Grace. W yeah W W J G W J G is going to be our next podcast letters that we will do. So it's Easter coming up. So I know we said that we've got to maybe try and talk about trying to get together. Possibly, um, I've also been in touch with Simon Sanjuhers, who's one of our regular listeners, and he's he's again um, he's he is Chronicles of Beer. Is a podcast that he's been involved with, with an A to Z, where we took a little bit of the, the uh, kind of idea about this, and he's he's keen to come along and, and maybe do a podcast, maybe about podcasts, but also to give us an idea about this neck of the woods. And again, if anybody else would like to give us a, a message, maybe give us a little rundown about the, the beers where you are, uh, pubs, etc., that'd be really good. So we'll carry on with our A to Zs. 
and see how we go. So, gents, I think that's about it for tonight. We've, I think was, I thought it was going to be a short one, but it's kind of rattled on a little bit, don't we? No, yes, time's really beat me. And Bruce will go to the pub. Bye, everybody. Thanks ever so much. And we'll real score you. So I'll see you later. See you soon. Where are you going, bros? Fox? Crystal Palace. Yeah. Crystal Palace. Sam Space. Absolutely. See you later. Hey, bros. Bye bye. Bye. Bye, see you later. See you, Rose.